you ever feel discouraged when you don't get your to-do list done during the school day or even during your planning period when you had thought that you had all of this time and you had a list of 15 to 20 things and you maybe got two done? Well, I'm going to tell you, there is research to support that what is happening is not your fault. This is a legit thing. It is called planning fallacy. And that is what we're going to talk about today and how you can prevent it and some strategies to help you prevent this planning fallacy as a teacher. Welcome to the Secondary Teacher Podcast, the podcast for middle and high school teachers juggling multiple preps to get the strategies to reduce overwhelm so that you don't have to choose between being an effective teacher and prioritizing important relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Masick, a 10-year high school engineering teacher, former middle school assistant principal, and teacher coach. Every week, we will discuss strategies, systems, and time-saving tips to help you not only survive, but thrive as a multiple prep teacher. Today, we're going to be driving into a topic that affects all of us. Yes, even the super organized among us, it's called the planning fallacy. So what exactly is the planning fallacy? Well, it's our tendency to underestimate how long it will take us to complete a task or project Even if we've done something similar before, we still have this ability to convince ourselves that things will go faster than they actually do. And because you've done it before, you just have this way of underestimating how long it will take something. Let me set the stage a little bit for you. We're going to picture Jane, or you can substitute your name, a secondary teacher who will be starting a new unit on Friday. She knows from past experience that planning a unit usually takes her about a week. But here's where planning fallacy kicks in. She firmly believes she can finish this within three days. So naturally, she procrastinates until Tuesday, thinking everything will be fine. Spoiler alert, it's not fine because it still takes her a week to plan the unit. And quite honestly, what she'll end up doing, and you know, you've been there before, is the unit still needs to start on Friday. It's not going to change. What ends up happening is that you get super stressed out and you try to find other pockets of time to do your planning. So instead of using your planning period to do things, you're going to now shove things before school, during class, after school, when you're home, because you still need to take a week's worth of time, but now condense it into three days. You might wonder why we tend to make these optimistic judgments, even though we know that it's not going to work out well. It turns out that our brains are wired for positivity, which is great. We prefer that we're focusing on positive information over negative ones, which really does help us lead better lights. But that does include estimating timeframes. So plus, when we're evaluating our own capacities, our strengths, we often struggle up with being objective. We always want to think that we can do a task faster and we can get it done better. Another thing as teachers we tend to do is we contribute to 
there's a phenomenon called anchoring where we rely too heavily on our initial plans. We're talking about when you have decided on a curriculum map, which I love my curriculum maps. I love scope and sequences, but when you rely on them too heavily and you're not being able to shift and kind of adjust them, and so you're you're just sticking to that timeline, it also makes us unrealistically optimistic. Have you ever been in a situation where you are supposed to be finishing your current unit, but your students aren't getting it, but you still move forward? This is the phenomenon of anchoring is that you just want to keep moving forward so that you can cover everything by the end of the school year without really making sure that your students are proficient in the strands and standards that you are working on. Or optimism can also lead to some bias toward positivity and it makes us discount negative information that might challenge our optimistic outlook. It's like we have blinders on and we only see what aligns with our positive expectations. And this, once again, is going to be when you can have major oversights in your teaching. You're failing to support all of your students, not just those who are currently at C. So like the previous example, when you continue to move forward because you know that Johnny has met proficiency, but none of the other class has, in your mind, you're saying, well, they're all going to catch up or they all know it without really confirming whether or not you need to slow down and reteach so that you can move forward. You might be wondering how this affects you as a teacher. Well, the planning fallacy has a very sneaky way of infiltrating everything in our lives, especially our planning periods. And then it also affects our students. Even in classrooms, students report finishing about two thirds of their assignments later than expected. Students need some help learning about planning fallacy as well, but we're not really gonna go into that. Today, we're going to be talking more about you and how you can be supported and some strategies that you can use so that you can combat planning fallacy. How we're going to avoid falling into this trap of planning fallacy. Awareness alone isn't enough. You are going to need some practical strategies to counteract it. And that is what we're going to be diving into more here. One approach is what experts call the outside view. You're not going to be relying solely on your past experience, but trying to find other past experiences as well. So other teachers, how long does it take other people? That could just be asking your colleagues, those who have been teaching for a while, how long it takes them and have that kind of as some external data. Now there are a couple of tools that I'm going to throw out. So it's still a good idea for you to track how long it takes things so that you have a record of it because that will also help you in addition to finding out what others have done. The first thing I'm going to give you is going to be the ultimate task tracker and it's for busy teachers. It's a free spreadsheet and you can track your time and how long it takes you to do things, your energy level, a whole bunch of things. It comes with a video so it explains how to use the spreadsheet and I will include the link in the show notes so that you can get it for free. Another simple strategy to avoid this planning fallacy is to make less optimistic predictions. I've always heard that when 
you plan for your students to do something, you see how long it takes you, and then you double or triple the amount of time, and that is a good estimate for how long it will take your students. It doesn't always work, but there's just kind of just like a random arbitrary number that you can throw out there. You could do the same thing. If in your mind you think that something is going to take 15 minutes, you can automatically double or triple the amount of time. And when you are planning how you're going to use your prep in your planning periods, you automatically put that larger chunk of time instead of the smaller optimistic time, which you think you're going to take. And then more likely than not, you're going to be able to be closer to that longer amount of time therefore feeling more successful because now you just got more done during your prep period. Now the final strategy is what researchers called the segmentation effect. And this is by breaking up big projects into smaller subtasks. Now sometimes you don't know what subtasks are involved in all of the things you need to do. But maybe if you are setting up for a lab, you have specific tasks. Just think about how you can break that down into smaller things that you know you will need to do in order to get that ready for your students. Now, if you have no idea where to start, I have a free tool for you. It is called goblin.tools. I'll have the link in the show notes. But what it does is that you type in a task with the help of AI and then it breaks down things so that you don't have to. There is a magic to do. And so you can type something in like write a lesson and then you choose how many steps you want. And it has some peppers and the more peppers you add is the more detailed steps that you get. So for example, I wrote write a lesson plan and I had three peppers and then Within that, it says, determine the learning objective, identify the target audience, choose a suitable subject topic for lesson. And it keeps going in it. About 20 things listed here. And you can go through and you can delete some of them or you can add things, but it kind of starts you off, especially if you've never done that task before and you have really no idea where to start and what are those subtasks, that's a great tool to use that can save you a lot of time when you are brainstorming within your planning. And the best part with this particular strategy is that we're actually pretty good at accurately predicting time requirements for small tasks as compared to larger ones. We know that something would take five minutes versus something that takes an hour. So try breaking things up. That is yet another strategy. And there you have it, my teacher friend. There is the lowdown on the planning fallacy and how to outsmart it. Remember, being aware of this bias is just the first step. There are some things that you can do to combat this. Incorporating outside information or even tracking how long it takes you or has taken you in the past to do a particular task is very helpful. The second is to double or lessen your estimation for the amount of time it will take a task to complete. And finally, you can segment your projects into smaller pieces, which will help you better estimate the amount of time that it will take to complete something. 
If this episode was helpful to you, it could be for others. To help spread the word about this podcast, take a screenshot of this episode, add it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week. 